Welcome to Girls Camp. I'm Haley Rawl, your host, and I hope that you're doing well wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. As the corporate emails say, I hope this finds you well. I'm so glad you've tuned in today, and we've got a fun one for you. This topic, we're talking about purity culture, and it's funny and shocking and dismaying and there's a lot to get into here and I feel like purity culture is something that has affected all of us whether you grew up Mormon or in another high demand religion or unfortunately just being a member of society in general we get a lot of purity culture messaging and we're gonna talk about that today laugh about it break some of it down I wanted to give a couple disclaimers right off the bat. The first one is that we are talking about sex. So we're talking about sex. We're saying the names of sex parts. (laughs) So if you are in the car with your children, you might want to wait to listen to this episode later. It's not like it gets graphic or anything like that, but just wanted to give that fair warning. I also wanted to give a little trigger warning. We don't dig deep into anything sexual assault or really trauma related. However, we do talk a little bit about bishops interviews and confessions when, you know, you're supposed to confess sexual sins to a bishop. So if that feels triggering to you, I just wanted to make you aware of that. Those are the disclaimers, and now I get to intro you to today's episode's wonderful guest, Ellen Young. Ellen Young is one of my best friends. She is funny, she is thoughtful, and I'm so glad I had her on to talk about purity culture. She has a different post-Mormon story than anyone I've had on the podcast so far, as you will find out at the beginning of our conversation. And she just has so much to offer. I also am going to make one other disclaimer. I do get into this psychological sex thing that I've been diagnosed with. How's that for a cliffhanger to get you to listen to the episode? But I'm not a doctor, obviously. So don't take any of this as medical advice. We are just a couple gals sharing our opinions and talking about our experiences and your experiences. I think that's all I had to say here at the get-go, so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ellen. Let me start by saying hello, Ellen. Hello. Welcome to Girls Camp. Thank you. It's about time. It's about time. It's about time. Truly. You've needed to come. And let me just say, we have our work cut out for us <laughs> on this topic. We really do. We really do. I'm. We're scared. We're scared. We're scared, but we're ready. But we're ready, yeah. and it must be done. You and I were hanging out with friends like a week ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how you all started talking about purity culture stuff. It just happens, like it always does. Yeah, true. It comes up. It comes up. Yeah. You were talking about it at the end of the table. I walked over, and everyone was like, this has got to be an episode. And, it has and to Ellen be. has to be one. <laughs> It has to be. I was trying to remember my one-liner, and we were like, that must be part of the episode. I I think I said, 
pleasure is a human right. Yes. I like slammed the table yes, and said that. So yes, we're going to start. That, that is the mantra for this episode. <laughs> we are talking about purity culture. We yes. have some really, I don't want to say great write-ins, but we have some interesting stories. We got a lot to talk about. Before we do that, I would love if you could give us some context. Do you have a little bit different of a post-Mormon story than anyone I've had on the podcast? Mm -hmm. So if you could give us a little context about your relationship with Mormonism. Yeah, I'll start from the beginning. I grew up in Orem, Utah, Mm -hmm. which is... Good old Orem. Good old Orem. We love it. (laughs) Um, I was raised Mormon. I'm going to say like lightly raised Mormon because... Yeah, it wasn't your stereotypical Mormon family. My dad came from a super religious Mormon family. Okay. I mean, my last name is Young. I descend from... Oh, my goodness. The Brigham Young. Wait, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. You're a a direct Brigham Young descendant. Yeah. Crazy. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. There's lots of wives. Yeah, we don't know. It makes sense. I could find out, but I, I don't know. Somewhere in there. So yeah, he grew up in Provo, very Mm -hmm. Mormon family. My mom grew up in California, pretty liberal family, pretty Mm. relaxed Mormon, I would say. For my dad, his, I guess you could say like shelf started to break on his mission. Wow. Yeah. So that all began for him. My mom never really bought into it. She was always kind of like, eh, I don't know about this, but just was in it because yeah. her family Doing was, the you know, yeah, yeah, the whole story. Yeah. But they got married in the temple, had me and my three older siblings and we were raised in the church, but why I say lightly Mormon, we never really practiced the religion outside of going to church. We never read scriptures as a family. We never did family home evening. Hmm. It was a cultural thing for us. Like we went to church every Sunday, but outside of that, it was just like, a regular family doing regular things. I was the girl wearing bikinis at like Hell church yeah. events. We went to dinner on Sundays, like God forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, truly. So, so yeah. pretty lax. Yeah, very relaxed. But you were still relaxed. going to church regularly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Went to church every Sunday. Like my dad was in the bishopric. So yeah, it was a part of our lives. And I think because our extended families were also very Mormon. Mm-hmm. We, like every family event, there was an element of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until, I mean, my parents started having issues earlier on, started looking into the history of the church and realized that it just didn't align with their beliefs mm-hmm. anymore. And they um, came to my siblings and I, so I was at I was like 12 or 13 at this point. My siblings older than me, they were in, you know, high school. They sat us down and they were like, hey, kids, we are, we don't believe this anymore. We're wow. out. We're done. Whoa. So this is, yeah, this is what it is. They came to us and they were like, this is the situation. You can choose to do whatever you need to do. Cool. If that means continuing to go to church and figuring it out, do that. If that means you, you know, decide to leave, do that. They were very, very like welcoming with any thoughts that we had yeah for my older sisters it was a bit harder for them to grapple with all of this because they were like you know in high school and this was their whole youth they were like are are, was our whole life a lie Mm. up to this point like how 
how could this all of a sudden come up? They were very much blindsided by that. Yeah. For me, I mean, I was 12. So you think about like the kinds of things that you're thinking about as a 12 year old. Yeah, you were little. I continued to go to church because my best friend went to church Mm. and I could hang out with her like more on Sundays. So I went to church. I continued to go to like seminary through junior high and even up until I think my junior year of high school. Really? I went to seminary still. I think I like, can you fail seminary? Do you fail? <laughs> I think you, I think you can. I think Pretty it's participation sure. based. Yeah. I, if you don't I know. didn't know a thing, which was like kind of embarrassing. I went to seminary for the social aspect, but yeah. everyone was like, how do you not know this? about the scriptures and I'm like I never read them you guys what are you talking about (laughs) so yeah I continued to go and 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 then decided when I was in high school like once I started doing more exploration on my Mm -hmm. part I was like yeah it's not not for you something I want to yeah be a part of yeah at what point you said you stopped going to seminary when you were like a junior yeah I don't know. That's just so crazy because you were probably surrounded almost entirely by Mormons besides your family. Yes. And even your extended family was still in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, by the time I was in high school, my whole family had made the choice to like step away. And our timelines are all a little bit different. Like when my siblings finally like, you know, gave it up. But yeah, I didn't have one non-Mormon friend. I didn't have one member of my extended family that wasn't Mormon. Crazy. So it was very much like an isolating experience. I bet. Very much like experienced being ostracized by certain people. Mm. And I think I was really lucky in that a lot of my friends at the time, our bond wasn't like religion, you know, like we so were, you were able to stay we, yeah, connected. Yeah, yeah. We just like to like make music videos it was simple it was totally. simple so I wasn't like neglected by friends Good. or really treated any differently mm. which is so lucky yeah but it was more the experience of yeah being treated differently by family members and like extended family members which I totally understand mm. I get it yeah I understand why but and still hard yeah Yeah. Do you feel like even though you were kind of in this weird, maybe limbo zone, you were still, I mean, you lived in Utah, you were in Orem, you were surrounded by Mormons. You were probably still really affected by church culture. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Even though like I abandoned the doctrine Mm -hmm. at such a young age Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like something that I believed really ever. Yeah. The culture was so much a part of my upbringing yeah like being surrounded by mormonism being surrounded by the values and the beliefs even if they weren't my own like that affects you still yeah you know yeah for yeah. sure like you're probably mostly i can imagine living like a mormon yeah like you weren't drinking in high school yeah. you weren't having sex in high school yeah yeah because no one around you was no none of my friends were like yeah that just wasn't what you were doing yeah and if you were doing that you were viewed in this in this certain way like there was so much shame around that yeah and I saw that knowing that that's not like what I believe about people Uh but that's still what 
everyone around me believes about people. It's like such a weird experience. That's why it's such an interesting perspective. And I'm excited to talk about this subject with you particularly because you were steeped in it just the same. But you also had a different perspective because you weren't like maybe you weren't believing it. Yeah. But you were still like experiencing it and watching it happen. Like within my home. I felt a certain way uh-huh. like within my own family. We believed a certain way, but then out in my community, it's like something completely different. Yeah. Which oh my is gosh. So, so fascinating. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting to hear. I didn't know all the ins and outs of that. Yeah. So yeah. thanks for sharing. You're so welcome. That's like a crazy thing. I would love one day to interview one or both of your parents because oh, yeah. they left at a time at an age that's really difficult and at a time before a lot of people were leaving in that capacity, I'm sure they'd have a lot of stories to tell. I remember after, like years after I had left in high school, just meeting people who were like, oh, I heard about your family. Like I knew about your family. Like Zach. Oh, yeah. I remember Zach was like, oh, yeah. Like, no, I had had heard about your family. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember it was like, oh, Ellen Young, her dad was a stake president and he left the church because that didn't really happen. Yeah. That's like a big deal. Yeah. So many rumors, so many like weird things that I heard. And it's like on the flip side, though, I had so many people that were able to come to Mm. like me and my family during that time. Yeah. Because they knew we were one of the people that could maybe understand totally. what they were going through or if they were struggling with yeah church stuff. yeah like it was a safe place yeah, for yeah. people which I'm so grateful for but yeah, yeah and in somebody else's viewpoint it was like and that's like the devil worshiping house you know so crazy <laughs> like, just in so, the heart yeah. of Orm Utah in the heart wild yeah, love, it. love it thank you so much for sharing that I think You're that's so really good context and you left at such a young age and now you're surrounded by so many people who are so fresh mm-hmm. in leaving. Mm-hmm. You just like can't get post-Mormonism out of your space. It, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Every time I had another friend be like, yes. hey, I'm leaving. I'd be like, <laughs> you're like, girl. welcome over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truly like it's just such, it's been such a fun experience. Yeah, just I having, bet. And not like that's my, like the greatest joy in my life people go through a faith transition because people are on their own journeys but just to I guess be a person totally in their journey that they can come to and totally totally you've done that for me oh and I love you for it I love you as well as all the other things I love you okay let's talk about purity culture I know what purity culture is but I googled it just so we know for sure for sure let's hear the definition they said purity culture is essentially the belief that women are responsible for men's thoughts and actions around sex yeah really crazy (laughs) and just the idea that virtue like virginity no sex before marriage virtue is the most valuable thing Mm. that a woman of Mm. course has gorgeous we love it so we know that mormonism society at large unfortunately is still steeped in purity culture in Mm. a big way but obviously mormonism it gets really crazy Mm. And I know for myself and for so many people that I've talked to, purity culture is a big piece of the shelf breaker Mm -hmm. of leaving the church because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us just realized, oh, this is not a healthy view Mm -hmm. of sexuality, of myself as a sexual person. So we're going to dig into it. As I said, I got some stories to tell. Here we go. So here we go. 
This one says, my husband and I took a marriage prep class at the Institute and had a teacher that thought he was going to save our souls. There was a whole lesson on, quote, keeping intimacy natural. He told us the Lord did not approve of unnatural intimacy. Basically, the approved position was missionary with orgasm happening only during penetration. He told us a horror story of a couple he had talked to the year before that tried tingly lube one time and she had an orgasm, but then she never orgasmed again. They tried for a month to get her to orgasm naturally, but alas, she no longer could enjoy the natural beauty of sex and was doomed to dissatisfaction, all because they had done devil lube. He talked about how Satan wanted to corrupt us with things like lube and toys and inappropriate touching and oral sex. The fear was effective, and it definitely tainted our first years of sex. Devil lube. Devil lube. <laughs> Tingly devil lube. I would buy that. Yeah. That Wait, is a what's market. The yeah, lube? <laughs> let's start a new company called Devil Lube. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Unnatural to uh, use lube. No. Which, honestly, any person you ask, like, you need to be using lube. If yeah. you're not using yeah. lube, you need to be. Yeah. What are you doing? Whoa, there's a lot. There's a lot there. There's a lot unpack. there. Only doing missionary position. Orgasm only during penetration. And this was someone teaching them this. Yeah, this was their marriage prep class at yeah. Institute. Really tricky. That is so incredibly tricky. It's one of those things where sex is already, growing up Mormon, like such a taboo. Yeah. Like no sex until marriage. And then even when you do get married... And then there's all these rules and stipulations yes. yeah. and fear. There's yeah. still so much fear yeah. around sex. Yeah. Which is so unfortunate to put that in young people's brains. There's so much to be afraid of. You have to be so careful. Well, and especially if this is education, right? Like this is a class. This is a course that they're going to mm -hmm. and to be taught something that's just not true and something that's yeah exactly what we said so steeped in fear and so shame. steeped in fear and I feel like with young Mormon couples who've never had sex before anyway you need actual information yes. yeah about using lube yeah. and foreplay and yeah. anatomy and then just to be taught this stuff when you're already probably gonna have a hard time figuring yeah. it out yeah Really tricky. Aww. I hope it got better for this person. I wish that baby well. I know. Use oh all God. the devil lube you need. Yeah, girl. use the devil lube. Use the devil lube. Use the devil lube. This poor woman apparently never orgasmed again as if. Yeah, like why are they telling that story? <laughs> let that sweet lady live her yeah, life. Yeah, let her live her life really bad. <gasps> Whoa, okay. Okay, listen to this one. Girl, this one is so bad. I knew nothing about sex or reproduction. Even after I got married and was having sex, I always thought if a boy peed on a pregnancy mm. test, it would come back positive because of the sperm or whatever. Please, someone give Utah better sex ed. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. Wow. I can, I can A, relate to this and mm. that when I was little, I truly thought that if you were in, let's say like a man and a woman are in a bed trying to have a baby trying to have uh -huh. sex that the sperm would just swim across the bed and find its way into a woman's vagina <laughs> like that in my brain I was like yeah that that, that makes, makes sense. sense that makes sense <gasps> scary like whoa because like 
could just swim on in there. <laughs> could just swim anywhere. Could, could swim, swim anywhere. anywhere to any Don't woman. have to be in the bed. You could be walking down the street. <laughs> sperm up a leg. But that's the problem when you don't have the education. Yeah. Is yeah. that you, I mean, it's not that crazy maybe to no. think this. No, amen, Utah. I feel like everywhere in general, but Utah specifically needs the, to do a better job The only stuff has got to go. No. A, it's just proven fully not to work. Yeah doesn't work at all it doesn't kids work. are still having sex kids no are matter still what. having sex they yeah. just like don't understand it oh my god and b we just deserve to know how things actually work i love that the boy was peeing on the pregnancy test and then yes. it was pregnant that's really sweet yeah. that's really sweet we have to figure it out she was trying to figure it out yeah she was and that trying made to sense to her i know she sweetie, deserves sweetie. education everybody does i'm glad you figured it out and don't feel shy yeah don't feel shy we've all had our weird things honestly until i was trying to actively get pregnant i did not fully understand the no. reproductive system no it's I, kind of more complicated and confusing yeah. than i thought i even think back to my sex ed class in like junior high the little that I remember Mm -hmm. from that class I remember the anatomy a bit but I feel like it was almost like skimmed over it was like okay we're we're spending a short amount of time showing like the penis and the vagina the teacher felt really shy and all the kids are just like what's going on and the teacher's shy about it like everyone felt shy everyone shy in my health class I'm just remembering they printed out the names of the anatomical parts and handed them out to the class yeah and different people had to like go up and read their yeah so like a boy had to go to the front of the class and just be like penis this is where my penis is <laughs> that's like really i do also remember that feeling out like that? where yes. the clitoris is and like yes. i was shy about oh, it for sure i was like what if i get this wrong yeah really and you shy. feel shame you feel scared no uh, really a bummer i commend teachers i do and spe- like specifically teachers in utah mm-hmm. but uh, i just they're wish trying there their was. best yeah, under trying. the circumstances they're trying they're trying mm. okay this one's a doozy mm. had trouble getting it in for weeks finally success came but sex just sucked i felt like i had to pee all the time and it was painful plus i had no idea at the time that the birth control i was on wiped out my libido mm. went to the, my male doc first mistake true to ask oh. for advice i started crying on the table burying my soul he gave me a super puzzled look and said that's a big bummer because sex is half of marriage <gasps> Looking back, wow, thanks, Doc. Not helpful. But also, why did my mom not help me go through the process of getting an OBGYN? Why did nobody tell me that birth control can make you sad and dry as a desert? Then my doc recommended I go talk to a religious leader for wow. advice. I scratched my head like, why the hell would I tell my bishop about my non-existent sex life? That's when I knew this was my problem to figure out. It's taken me years to get to a place where I love sex, but also no longer blame myself for all of the failures I thought were mine. After years of educating myself, I now have purity culture and patriarchy to blame. Thank you, nobody but my damn self, for being honest about sex. Will break the cycle of misinformation and shame with my own kiddos. You go, girl. Mommy got right. Mommy got right. Mommy got right with that break one. that cycle. <gasps> she is so. There are so many points to that. The fact that she had to do it on her own yes it's so true of so many people it is true Mm -hmm. because you don't feel like you can openly talk about it in a place like utah and especially if you're mormon yeah you don't feel like that's something you can openly express 
only maybe if you're married, mm-hmm. but if you're having sex oh, yeah. before marriage, you certainly can't. Yeah. Oh, and then even breaks. for your doctor to tell you to go talk to your bishop. Like, whoa, whoa. When you're having pain with sex. That feels like unethical. Yeah, it really does. Okay, I have something to insert here. And it is that I am a recovered vaginismus mm. girly. Mm-hmm. You know this mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. This person sounds like maybe had that. I had a few other people write in about vaginismus. And it's now my time to shout from the rooftops. Shout it, girl. You got to go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. Love it. I'm going to tell my story really quickly because I think a lot of Mormon girls go through this. Absolutely. I couldn't wear a tampon all growing up. Mm -hmm. It was excruciatingly painful. I Googled it and all the information was like, oh, maybe like your uterus is tilted or something. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's painful. I felt so embarrassed and shy about it. Couldn't wear tampons. Fast forward got engaged, went to the premarital exam mm-hmm. with the OB and they gave me my pap smear and they were like, oh yeah, like your vagina is super small. You're going to need to do the dilator stretch kit. Have oh, you, you've heard of the stretch kit? to you before. Mm-hmm, the oh. plastic yes. dilators. There's like different tiers that yes. you practice. With. Yes. Whoa. So they give me these dilators. They did give me some lube, not tingly devil's, devil's lube. lube. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish. <laughs> And I did the dilators and would just like lay on my bathroom floor sobbing. It like hurt so bad to do these dilators. Got married, had sex for the first time and have had pain off and on with sex my whole marriage up Mm -hmm. until having the babies. Mm -hmm. While I was pregnant, we didn't have that much sex and then you can't have sex. And so when we started having sex again, it was like really, really, really painful. I had had enough of it. By the way, important to mention, I had talked to probably six different doctors about pain during sex. And every single one of them, male and female alike, really just said like, "Eh, sorry, like, I don't know. Sex can be painful. No. Yes. No. All of them. Like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, yeah, sometimes it's just painful. No answers. So dismissive. Finally, I got a sex therapist and I went to the sex therapist and I was like, hey, sex is painful for me. I think it's always going to be that way. So Mm -hmm. I just need to like have help figuring out how to still have a healthy sex life. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, you shouldn't be in pain during sex. Mm -hmm. Referred me to a pelvic floor physical therapist and within like six appointments with this physical therapist, completely pain free sex. I didn't know this. Yes. Stop crazy because what I had was vaginismus which is it's really common for women who grow up in like a very sex shamey culture Mm -hmm. okay quick anatomy lesson no one quote me on this as far (laughs) as I understand my pelvic floor physical therapist told me your vagina is a tube it's as stretchy as it needs to be Mm -hmm. like babies come out Mm -hmm. of vaginas Mm -hmm. your pelvic floor muscles are oftentimes what's creating pain during sex. When you have vaginismus, you cannot relax your pelvic floor muscles. Mm. So it's like a, you're holding them tight like a fist, yep. which is why sex hurts because it's causing a lot of friction. Wow. It's not even real that you would, I like don't know why my OB said your vagina was small because that's like not even really a yeah. thing. It was just that my muscles were so tight. Were just tight. Exactly. So when I went to pelvic floor physical therapy, she taught me how to mind muscle connection and relax my pelvic no floor. No way. And now I literally just don't have pain anymore. No way. Yes. A miracle. And I had never heard of that. And I had Googled and Googled and Googled yeah. hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And it's just like not really well known. That is 
amazing and what a resource for people that probably just felt like I okay I have to deal with this yes forever I think a lot of Mormon women have it because we have so much shame around sex and then all of a sudden you get married and you have a lot of anticipation around Mm -hmm. sex in a different way Mm -hmm. and then doctors are just scary and dismissive and like tell you to talk to your bishop like this one. How many doctors again did you go to? I talked to at least six. Oh my God. That were like, "Mm, sorry. Sorry, babe. Yeah. Sorry, babe. Whoa. Yeah. (gasps) So if you are out there having pain with sex, you can figure it out. I promise. Pelvic floor physical therapy. Pelvic floor physical therapy. And my sex therapist was great too. I also would strongly recommend sex specific therapy. I didn't go for very long, but I feel like that was really helpful for me. And that whole experience was so interesting because I realized this stuff goes deep. Oh, yeah. It goes deep into your body. Yes. The body keeps a score. D- yes. Deeply part truly, of me. Truly. Yeah. Like even I, I would say as far as like my relationship to purity culture. Mm, yeah. I, like I said, very much a part of the culture aspect. Yeah. So even though like I maybe didn't have shame in the sense that like I believed that I would go to hell if I had mm. sex, it was still like the shame surrounding having sex regardless. Yeah. Like, it was a, the lack of like experience and knowledge around it that was like you just start to paint this picture in your head of what it's like if you had sex and how people think of you if you have sex. So I didn't realize until I started having sex like, oh, wow, the culture is still so much a part of like my relationship yeah. to sex. Like that guilt and shame is yes. still there. Yeah. 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 And you, I mean, you grew up in the situation too, where the rhetoric around sex is that women are sexual objects and yeah. we like have to shield ourselves yes. in order to keep yeah. people clean. Yeah. And I'm sure you internalize a lot of that too. Absolutely. Or if, you know, women were sexually active, they were viewed as deviant, like mm-hmm. sexually deviant or, mm-hmm. you know, promiscuous, promiscuous or whatever. But yeah so different for men so different for men in the church there's a story about that that I want to read because that was a common theme okay this one someone says a lot of my friends were told to never be the reason a boy can't serve a mission I Mm. remember telling my bishop I went too far with a few boys and he made me write them a letter to apologize that I got in the way of them being clean enough to serve a mission it was always normal for a boy to experiment with sexual things, but it was shameful for us girls to participate. 1,000%. I know of one friend in particular in high school where this, yeah, happened to, where she was shamed mm-hmm. for, you know, any, any participation. sort of sexual participation, yep. but the boy wasn't. The fact that a bishop like this would make someone write an apology letter, sir? Sick. Why does she need to apologize? Yeah. No. For him to be able to serve a mission. Like that's like, her responsibility. Yeah, you got in the way of like his ultimate purpose. Yeah. Nuts. Really nuts. Really degrading to so be degrading. treated that way. Yeah. And to have like a male bishop tell you that. Yeah. Really, really degrading. Whoa. Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> My friends and I were casually talking at a young women's activity about how much we loved getting hugs from boys. When one leader jumped in and started telling us that boys only hugged girls because they want to feel your boobs pushed up against them and warned us to not trust them. It made me feel like boys didn't care about me as a person and I was purely a sexual object to them. Oh my God. So scary for a young teen that's just like 
feeling silly about hugging a boy. Just like likes connecting. Yeah. With a sweet boy. Yeah. Just and like wants to have a hug. Boobs pressed up against them. Be careful when you're hugging a boy. Oh, I feel like oh, every single story, I just go, no, 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 no. Wrong, not okay, wrong, not okay. Wrong. wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong. And wrong, wrong, wrong with the adults in this story. Absolutely. They need to do better. They must know better. But they also were probably taught the same thing. I know. Just passing it right along. Yeah. Why are we sexualizing everything? That's yes. the irony yeah. of this, right? Yeah. Is actually... This kind of rhetoric is what's making everything so sexual. 1,000%. Like, what if we just let a hug be a yeah. hug? Yeah. With children, right? This yes. was in what? Like yeah, Sunday young women, she said. Young she women? said. Yeah. So they had to be like teens. Teenagers. Yeah. Making it sexual when it just like absolutely doesn't need to be. Yeah. Putting that thought now in these girls' yes. head like, oh shit. Now every time I hug a boy. Yes. He's going to be feeling my boobs. Yes. Speaking of boobs, this was one I read. My jaw literally hit the floor. Oh, no. Someone says this is a chant, and there was accompanying dance movements, which I wish we knew what they were, that they learned at girls' camp. So this is a good oh, girls' camp submission. Okay. We must, we must, we must increase our bust. The bigger, the better we fit in our sweaters, the more the boys like us. <laughs> can I'm you speechless. believe this i'm speechless also the mixed messaging okay wait one more time we must we must increase our bust the bigger the better the bigger, we the better. fit in our sweaters the more the boys like us honestly <laughs> i have no words chanting at girls camp chanting singing dancing at girls camp whoa 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 in what universe in what universe also i i did not and still do not have boobs but to hear that as like a young girl like mm -hmm. maybe not even going through puberty being mm -hmm. like oh, i must i must like you gotta get boobs you can't girl but then by the that. way once you have them like don't hug boys yeah so we must increase our bust, but don't hug boys uh -huh. because it's not okay to have boobs, but also have boobs or else boys won't like you. That's what's so weird about this one. Just the mind fuck. Because it's teaching these girls that you have to be sexy in order to be liked, uh -huh. but don't be too sexy mm -hmm. because that's not okay. That's, that's too promiscuous, uh -huh. but also it, it, it's like you can't have, they want you to have both. You cannot They want win. you to be both. Yeah. You can't win. No. To put in young girls heads oh yeah boobs are great boys yeah. will like boobs but then you have to be super super careful with your boobs yeah because if a boy touches them and can't go on a mission then like you're a really bad person yeah it makes no sense oh my god i need to know i need to know the jingle to that i know what's the I'll melody up in my what's head. the tune we when i read this did you ever go to girls camp i did i did so you I remember was, like was chanting of, the yeah, songs i was out by that point i also went to track and oh. i was not in the church <laughs> I was like, this will be fun. Let's see what this is like. And then I got there and I was like, uh-oh, this is hell. And I hate it. <laughs> You're a Brigham Young descendant. I had you to, had I guess. To. I had to like represent. You had to know. I wanted to immediately go home. Oh, the it's second the I absolute up. worst. Oh, Girls camp, you remember like chanting these songs. Oh, yeah. Do you remember there was a song and it goes like this? Oh, let's hear it. I know one Mormon boy, he is my pride and joy. He knows most everything from Alma on down. Hey, someday I'll be his wife, we'll have eternal life. Oh, how I love that Mormon boy. 
M-O-R-E-M-E-N. More men. More men. Sing it again. That number one was beautiful. Thank you. Big sleigh. <laughs> I did not know that song. You didn't sing that one? I didn't. It's I kind of like a fun one. That one is kind of fun. The Mormon, more men thing. More men, more men. It's a little bit clever. Whoa. But I was singing that. I was chanting that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I remember this is kind of along those same lines. In This was a seminary lesson, and the teacher had all of the girls in the class this was like specifically for the girls in the class Mm -hmm. write down the attributes they wanted in like a husband Mm -hmm. or a partner Mm -hmm. and everybody wrote like rm like we shared with the whole class i was like funny cool (laughs) nice and i did not include like rm i didn't include like like, knows alma on down yeah like has read the scriptures but everyone was like return missionary return missionary return missionary which like, is that's such bullshit because literally it means nothing. Uh, Anyone can go on a mission. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It doesn't say anything about someone. Whoa. Also that just the girls had to do that. Yeah. Really shocking. Gee. More men. <laughs> more men, more men. More men sing it again. Oh my God. Okay. Here is another story about a bishop confession. Ooh. When I was 20, I confessed to my bishop that my boyfriend had stuck a single finger in my vagina for a single moment. And he said, quote, you've admitted this to God. You've admitted this to yourself and you've admitted it to me. And the only person you need to admit this to is your future husband mm. to tell him that you didn't wait for him. I, oh my God. Needing to tell your future husband, like, hey, by the way, a hey, single finger yeah, for you're a on a date moment. With your, yeah. Hey, so just to let you know, for a single moment, a single <laughs> finger entered me before you. Whoa. I didn't wait for you. Whoa. Not his right. Not his right. I'll say it again. Sing it again. Not his right. Not his right. This, I can't. No. And I'm sure there are so many bishop stories also you've admitted this to me you've admitted this to yourself the only person you need to admit this to is your bishops be getting dramatic about this stuff like is that a monologue yes that is absolutely like taking yourself a little too seriously on this one i can't with the audacity of bishops Mm -mm. i can't Mm -mm. i can't i can't either i cannot either oh this one is a little tricky oh, no. the day after my wedding <laughs> oh no my husband wanted to spend the day with family i couldn't stop crying because i had the expectation we would stay at the hotel room all day lol <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with your family the day after oh sweet babe here's what i want to say about this one when you can't have sex yeah and then you get married and you have sex. The gates are open. The pressure is so high. To perform. To, to perform. Be like, an amazing night. To have it be romantic yeah. and special. To have like so much sex. Yeah. But the guy should not have gone to don't hang go out to your family. family. Don't go to your fam. I don't really care how tight you are with, with your, your fam. fam. Just stay with your new newlywed. Yeah, you don't you know? even have to have sex. Yeah. Just like hang out. Oh, did he go? I need to know. I don't know. That's the end of the submission. Aww. We don't know where it ends. Oh my God. I hope they're doing well. Yeah, I wish every single person well. 
Me too. Me too. I wish them yes. All the I wish sexual healing and truly. I wish them sex positivity. You know how often I'm saying, "Mommy, get right." Mommies need to get right. Yeah, the wedding night. The wedding night topic has got to be one of the most unique. Yes. What a unique experience. Yeah. And everyone knows you're gonna go have sex. Yeah. Like how was it? So much goddamn pressure Mm -hmm. on these sweet people that are like. Just trying to just understand know. like sex for the first time. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're going off to have sex. Like at the reception. Like drawing penises on the car. That's only a thing in Mormon culture, Is right? It? I don't know. I actually don't know. I just feel like usually on a car, you'll write like just married. Yeah. But do you draw like penises and stuff? Because they do. It's like overly, like you said, yes. like overly sexualized. Yes. Like, not at all and then all at once and you're expected to exactly like we said have this like amazing night and that's where a lot of that I think shame after marriage Mm. for people comes from is that it's not this amazing night and they can't just switch for women they can't just be told their whole life to not hug boys or else they'll fill your Mm -hmm. boobs and then all of a sudden be this sexual creature on the night of your it, it doesn't it's not a switch you like that switch that on and off I know that's what's been so interesting for me telling that story about my vaginismus stuff is realizing again how deep it goes yeah there's no wonder I have sexual hang-ups yeah. when these are the messages that I was taught my whole life yeah. whenever I did something went quote too far with mm-hmm. a boyfriend it was so shameful mm-hmm. so devastating so horrible when you're literally told put the sexual part of yourself shut it down shut it down shut it down yeah it's bad and wrong yep and then all of a sudden it's not anymore it just like really doesn't work like that no listen to this one (laughs) i forgot about this one i was once confessing to my bishop about all of my impure thoughts and he asked me if i was doing any quote self-harm i was confused by his seemingly off-topic question and said no I didn't realize until years later that he was talking about masturbation (gasps) when he said self-harm. Oh my God. Self-harm. Self-harm. I don't know. When you start talking about this whole subject with what happens with people and a lot of the time women with their bishops, Mm -hmm. it starts to get into a territory that's so unethical. It's not even like, okay, the abuse that's taken place. Yeah, like the language that these bishops will use with kids. Yes. It's just not okay. Especially with the dynamic between a male bishop and a young female. Yeah. Who's needing to speak about sexual things, like explicitly tell. Who's doing what she was told to do. Uh And what if she had never even heard what masturbation was up until this point uh-huh. and then is now connecting that to self-harm yeah really scary oh my god it's so true the bishop of it all the yeah. bishop confession of it all yeah is so bad yeah that was a big thing for me too in leaving was realizing hell no am i gonna let a daughter of mine Mm-mm. enter a room alone Mm-mm. with a man to have to talk about literally anything yeah yeah <laughs> but especially about her sex, sex her sexuality, yeah. her sex life. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely unethical, like you said. Yeah. I think at worst, bishops take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's abuse. There's really terrible things that happen. Mm-hmm. And at best, I also feel bad for these bishops because yeah. they're not prepared for they're this. They're not equipped. They're yeah, not They're equipped. not a licensed professional no. that knows how to handle very sensitive information. Mm-hmm. It's a really tricky situation for both parties. Yes. But it I mean, is. And again, the bishops 
should just like not do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, I am fully in support in favor of <laughs> yeah. the person being, you know, incriminated. Yes, exactly. But it is just, it's just not a good situation. Yeah. And the fact that that's still going on actually blows my mind. Yeah. Okay. Let me read a couple more of these. When I was younger, maybe 14, my sister came home after a late night out with her boyfriend and they had sex. Minutes after arriving home, my dad suffered a mild heart attack. I always tied the two together as punishment or consequences. Turns out my dad has severe anxiety and depression, and this is tied heavily to the church as this was his coping mechanism. Thought her sister's oh sex caused her dad's heart almost attack. Almost killed her dad. That's what happens as a kid. You connect those dots like that. I almost killed my dad. Yes. Whoa. Sex is next to murder. Yes. Sex is next That's to murder. Whole... Can we talk about that? Like that is one of the most shock. If you had to pinpoint like what is one of the most shocking things about Mormon doctrine, mm-hmm. it might be that one. It's up there. It's in the um, running at least. I had many write-ins about the young women lessons. Yep. The cupcake. Yep. The chewed gum. Yeah. Do you remember those? I feel like those? we should explain yeah. one of those Will you lessons. please? Yeah, I, I I don't think I had the cupcake lesson. I had the crinkled paper, mm. but same deal. Yep. So, you know, your teacher will sit you down. I know for some of my friends, they had the full platter of cupcakes. Mm-hmm. And your teacher will, I think in some cases, pass them all out and then take a bite out of one, one of them and mm-hmm. say like, who wants this one now? The cupcake with the bite. Yeah. yeah. Or like lick the frosting and say like, okay, who wants this one? And no one will raise their hands obviously. Mm-hmm. And then be like, that's what happens to you. If you have sex, no boy will want you after this. Cause you're like used. You're like you're used. ruined. You're an eaten cupcake. <gasps> you're a crinkled paper. You're a whatever. I know some people, someone wrote in and said, I might need to find it because I'm feeling crazy. Like this could not be true. But I think someone said there was a young women's lesson where they did that, but they put <laughs> oh no, poop in a brownie. Oh my god! Maybe it was dirt. They couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. I could see. I could see someone being that deranged to prove a point. Honestly, they uh, maybe they didn't actually put it in the brownie, but I think they were like saying if there were a little bit of poop in this brownie, like would you want it? Being compared to a poopy brownie, <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Like, I remember, I remember those lessons. Mm -hmm. Like, that stays with you as a kid. Oh, for sure. And if you don't have somebody else in your life, like a parent or a friend to correct you on Mm -hmm. that, it's going to stay with you. It's just those lessons. The the thing about it is just trying to show that you cannot be worthy of someone's Mm -hmm. love if you've had sex is just so messed up. Mm -hmm. And the boys aren't being talked to that way I want to have a male on and talk to them about their purity culture stuff because I they certainly have their own stuff sure like big time there's a lot of really really heavy porn shaming and masturbation stuff as well so not to say that this is not happening for men but it's a different level of messaging yeah and I do think a lot of the misogyny comes in when you talk about purity culture because it's like, oh, men won't want you right? if you're sexually impure. Yeah. Well, it's just like deeply rooted in history and mm. like Christian history. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. being a virgin, it just in general, like mm-hmm. that's, it's just, 
it's so patriarchal it's, it's so patriarchal so, yeah it goes yeah. way back yeah what do we have to say what's our message for the mommies that need to get right for the mommies that need to get right yeah how can we reclaim this sex positivity oh my god that we all deserve I just feel I mean obviously I'm no expert in this arena Mm. as far as sex empowerment and body empowerment because it really is there is such a a disconnection Mm. to yourself and to your body when you aren't given the education of pleasure and sex. You're abandoning that part of you at such a young age. And then it does take so much reclamation to get that back. So I feel like, uh, like you said, sex therapy, therapy of any kind. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, finding partners for me, it was when I started having sex for the first time, understanding this is a amazing thing that should be celebrated Mm. you know yeah I love that and that education and that experimenting and that's a part of life that should not be suppressed absolutely anyone I think that's such a great message I'm as I've said still very much in the process Mm -hmm. of reclaiming that so I certainly don't have the right answers but I think just reiterating what we all know we deserve that yeah we women really deserve that. We really deserve it. And that. if you've grown up in Mormonism or I also had someone write in who they were also in like a Christian religion mm-hmm. and said there's super similar messaging or just in this society where mm-hmm. there's a lot of that messaging, you do deserve to reclaim that sex positivity. You mm-hmm. deserve to feel at home and empowered mm-hmm. in your body. There's so many resources. There's books. There's yeah. therapy. There's so many resources to help you along that journey. But yeah. Just kind of renouncing yeah. this crazy stuff yeah. that happened yeah. and that we were taught. Yeah. Don't feel shy. Also, if you don't know something, ask as many questions as you can. Mm-hmm. Education is so vital and it's such a right. Like totally. having the knowledge is yeah. such a right. So ask a million questions and you should never be shamed for wanting something. Yes. When it comes to like the sexual space. Yes. Yes, don't be afraid of pleasure. All of this kind of boils down to really separating women from the pleasure of mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. And we deserve to have pleasure. Yeah. We deserve to feel sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. And whatever that looks like for you, you deserve to figure it out. You deserve to have it. So much of what we were taught just makes us think that that's yeah. not our right, like yeah. you said. And it is. That's mommy's right. That's mommy's right. Mommies will get right. <laughs> Mommy's been wronged for way too long. For way too long. Time to get that pleasure. Time to get that pleasure, girls. <laughs> girls, Amen. boys, everyone. Everyone, everyone. needs it. Everyone, everyone deserves it. Yeah, they do. Hopefully, I love what that one person said. As an ending note, we can break these cycles yeah, of can. shame, of misinformation, and that feels exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to know that these cycles are going to be broken. Yeah. We don't have to pass that mm-hmm. along. that messaging that we received a sing it again (laughs) mommy's been wronged mommy's been wronged maybe you need to consider um 
being a composer of some girls I, camp chants. I think so. I think so. I think so. You need to make some for like this girls camp. Absolutely. Maybe we can have like a little, a little outro. Yes. With, yeah. You need to like get on some chants for we'll, me. We'll figure it out. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I have to say how proud I am of you for making this face. Thanks. I know you've been thinking about it for so long and it's so important. Thanks. And I know that it's already helping people. I know that it will help people. I wish that I had this when I was a young girl mm-hmm. figuring her shit out. Thanks. So I appreciate that. I Honestly, it's it's fun to come together. We deserve these spaces. Yeah. We deserve to talk about these things and wouldn't want to do it with anyone else but you. So I thanks so for grateful. being here. Feels so I love you. I love you. Bye everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Cheers.